course, the boys of NASCAR were out at Circuit of the Americas over there in Texas. Got the road race in yesterday. We'll see what Chief thinks about it. Of course, he joins us now every week uh, to discuss the race before and later on in the week to preview the weekend. We missed you on Friday, Chief. You had, of course, um, Tyler Reddick as a favorite in this. You picked that one right. Uh, not a surprise that he won this, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think uh, you go back, you look at uh, Friday's practice. He was, you know, the fastest car out there. You go back to qualifying on Saturday. He turned a blistering lap in his group qualifying and then uh, got beat, you know, by X amount of tenths by William Byron. So, I mean, yeah, those two were definitely the fastest cars of the day in the afternoon. And, uh, you know, I thought it was a really good race. This is the first race without stages. Yep. And the uh, first time that the uh, guys were able to use the choose cone rule at a road course. So I thought uh, overall it was a solid race up until about the last, you know, like three <laughs> restarts there where they were just beating the crap out of each other. The three like, overtimes, yes. I'm like, man, two minutes to get around this track is just too long. I was like, NASCAR, like, just do what I would do at the dirt track. Let them take the lap and then throw the yellow flag and get yeah. have the white flag lap, you know, but... I guess the saving grace is at least the fastest car won, and Reddick was the fastest car yesterday. We didn't get you know some hokey thing where he just got flat taken out, but uh, he was one of the few that didn't get flat taken out, right? Right. Well, exactly, right? And that's the problem. I mean, well, first let me get address that stage thing. Man, wasn't that great watching a race without stages again, breaking up the, the thing? I thought this added strategy back into it, and it showed – because, of course, uh, Bush, right, he, he gambled late on his fuel, uh, stayed out and, and gambled on his fuel levels because he didn't have to come in because there were no stage breaks. Ends up with a second-place finish. He was mid-pack all day. Doesn't that add the strategy and intrigue back into this sport that's kind of gone away from it? I thought it did, and I, I could this lead to stage racing going away some point in the future if it continues with this? I know this was the first one, but if it continues this way, will it, will you think that could happen? I mean, yeah, I mean, you go back to yesterday, it was, like, super intriguing on what they're going to do. I mean, obviously, there's some guys who made their bed, like, all right, we're going to pit now. We're going to make this a two-pit stop race. Tyler Reddick actually made it a three-pit stop race uh, because they knew, hey, if we come in and pit and we get X amount of tires and fuel, we can make it back on the track in 45 seconds. He had a 25-30 second lead on these guys, came in and pitted for his third stop, and then fought back down seven seconds and got that lead back because the tire fall off was amazing yesterday. Uh, you know, and this was also that low downforce package that was introduced in Phoenix. Yep. So, I mean, I thought that was great and intriguing. You know, looking at the other races, it's like, you know, it would be nice to see him kind of get away from the stages. Uh, yeah, you can still award the points. That's fine. But you don't have to take the break every time. I mean, remember when this whole thing first started back in 2017, I believe it was? The big stickler was for TV. TV's like, hey, if we do this, we have two guaranteed commercial breaks yeah, yeah. to where we don't take many green flag commercial breaks. And then they were also saying, hey, and plus we'll interview the drivers uh, after the stages, and you guys can talk to the drivers. And now they hardly even do that anymore, right? So uh, the whole reason for bringing in the stages kind of went away. So why not just get rid of the stages if this is what we're going to get? Yeah, the thing, I, I despise stage racing, not only because they throw the flag, right, and they make them, you know, line back up, and then you miss, what, five laps of the race uh, in between that. And I just think it would be better, like, like you said, award points, that's fine, 
but keep them racing because it'll keep it more entertaining. And then we saw that yesterday. So I don't know. Maybe uh, if it get now, this is only one. So if it goes horrible later on, we might not see it. But as of yesterday, man, I think it was fantastic from that viewpoint. I thought it made the race a lot more interesting uh, without those stage breaks. The choose going on a rose course, I I'm not. You know, all right, whatever. I, I could live or I could take it or not take it. Um, I don't think it added anything like major to where I'd be like, you've got to have that every time. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the choose code, I mean, you have it every other track. Why not implement the road course? Did it do anything for me? No, not really. I didn't even notice. Uh, it wasn't like one of those things like, oh man, this guy, he, he yeah. chose this lane uh, that you usually hear Clint Moyer saying. But yeah, I mean, back to the stage racing thing. I mean, this is something that's got, they're going to do at road courses this year. And I think, you know, at some point, just like the choose cone, NASCAR could say, you know what, we're getting a lot of good feedback. Screw it. Let's do it. We'll get rid of the stage breaks. And, I mean, you know, yeah, there are some times when a stage break is nice and, uh, you know, you know you got to go to the bathroom here in the next five laps <laughs> or uh, if the race is just strung out. But today's races, I mean, now, you know, most of the mile-and-a-half tracks are 400-mile races, so it really takes away the strategy, like, all right, cool, let's pit this one time in the stage, we'll get to the end of the stage, we'll pit again, then we'll go race all stage two, then we'll pit one more time in stage three. Like, it really does take away the strategy that these guys have. Like, all right, we'll do new tires, old tires, because you don't get that uh, guaranteed caution in a regular natural race. So uh, I'm interested to see what they do. I think uh, I agree with you. Just get rid of it. Maybe at certain tracks it's, it's kind of useful, but uh, yeah, yeah. I think overall the majority – it's yeah, good. Yeah, if there's tracks, you know, like uh, like Richmond, you know, where guys can get spread out and like the top four cars can be, you know, you know, basically a front straightaway ahead of, you know, the other pack. You know, maybe one, you know, uh, stage where you, you slow it down for everybody. But I mean, uh, look, tempers are flaring in NASCAR. You know, even between teammates going on out there, look, it's a ro- it's it's. It's evident of a road course that tempers flare because people, you know, people are just going into corners, hitting each other. Uh, it's causing problems. But lately with NASCAR, there's always a late caution that always comes up, right? It's either sends it into overtime or at least bunches them back up again. So that's where if you take away the stage races, I'm one of those, I'm one of those uh, you know, uh, you know, conspiracy theorist guys at NASCAR loves to throw those late yellows when they're not necessarily need to be thrown, like we saw yesterday. Finish the lap. It's a two and a half mile deal. If the crash is in turn thirteen or whatever, you can finish it and you have time to go yellow before the guys run into them again. What are you throwing it so early for? But my point is, is that you can get rid of the stage races because you can almost count on a late yellow flag today in NASCAR. Yeah, I mean, if you go back before the stage racing, I mean, we always had the uh, debris caution that NASCAR would love to throw yes. within the last 20 to 15 laps. And people would be like, you know, drivers are starting calling out NASCAR, like, well, I didn't see no debris anywhere. Like, where's that debris? And Dirt. then we called there's... it the phantom debris caution, yeah. even where TV was like, oh, there's debris somewhere. And, you know, <laughs> they, they would never show it because there was never any debris anywhere. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, if this is something that's well-received, obviously yesterday was well-received. Uh, and I think it would have been well-received at a track like Circuit of the Americas just because the caution laps. I mean, yeah. it takes a two, and a half, you know, two minutes and 15 seconds to get around that at full speed, much less you run caution laps around that place. I mean, you're just 
checking off laps selling hot dogs at that point, right? <laughs> it's and and the crowd can't see half of the track on top of it, right? Like you're not looking at the whole track, so you know it's 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 kind of like a wait. So they need like a shortcut on yellows, right? To to shorten it up. But look, uh, Daniel Suarez, Ross Chastain, you know, uh, flare up and. You know, on uh, pit road last night, of course, uh, if you saw the video, Suarez took out his teammate, almost bumped him out of the way in order to get up to the, uh, you know, the ally car, uh, Bowman's car there uh, after the race there. So uh, is there going to be some implications on Suarez uh, driving crazy like that at the end of that race? I think there should be just because the fact that he did it on pit road. And uh, I mean, you saw in the video, he went up there, he bumped his teammate kind of out of the way to get to the 48. And then he hit the 48 car right in front of a NASCAR official on pit road. Then he you know, gave him a couple of uh, shots for good measure. And, then, you know, there is a rule in there, hey, you know, yeah, you can't be doing that stuff on pit road. But, you know, what I thought was funny about it is Suarez got out of the car and went to Bowman. Bowman's like, dude, talk to your teammate. It wasn't me. Like, he's one, not me and you, you know. And then he went and talked to Ross. And I guess Ross, you know, made a comment afterwards. Says, hey, you know what? He's always mad at me about something. Well, he said and, uh, and, uh, he's, uh, he's mad at me for being two rows back. <laughs> Yeah. I thought it was great. And, and, and then Bowman showed uh, as far as the video and said, here's the video. wasn't me. So, I mean, obviously, he in the moment, you're mad, and uh, it, it kind of happens. I mean, Bowman did go on to have more comments, talk about the racing yesterday, how he was embarrassed by it. And, you know, if we see a 12-year-old do that stuff. We're penalizing them and telling them that they can't do that. Uh, a couple of the guys who came in from F1, Jordan Taylor, said, man, if you came and did that in a sports car, You'd be lit up, and, uh, you know, I know Jensen Button made some comments about it, and he, he said he did like the revenge part of it. He's like, hey, you know, it kind of sucked getting hit, but the revenge aspect of it, I, I did uh, tend to like that because uh, that's something you don't get a lot in uh, F1. Yeah, you never get a respond in F1, right? You just have to take it and, and move on. You can't, you can't do anything. And, and so, look, I think it brings an excitement to NASCAR when that stuff happens. Look, it's road course racing, right? Like, everybody's mad at everybody because everybody's doing the same thing. Like, William Byron complained about it, but he wasn't innocent. He was hitting cars going into some of those turns, right? And it's just amazing how guys flip out when certain guys do stuff to them, you know, coming up underneath when they're trying to turn right. And a guy comes up to their, you know, their side and they don't see him and they get spun out. Yeah, I think it. I think it brings a nice element to the sport. Uh, but these drivers, I mean, it's stock car racing in general. That's what yeah. stock car racing is, especially late in a race like that when you're trying to get everything you can. I mean, you're trying to win it. I for for years we've seen them do that at Watkins Glen, drive into that turn one, that sharp right hand turn, and do that kind of stuff. We've seen it on green white checker restarts at Talladega and Daytona, where you know, hey. There's going to be more of these because these guys are going to try to put their car where it can't fit. Uh, Martinsville, we've seen it at short tracks. Richmond, Bristol, like, we've seen it everywhere for a green-white checker. And, uh, I mean, I think that's just part of the game, right? Like, I mean, this is stock car racing. Obviously, you can't do that in an F1 car uh, because, I mean, they put the dumbest. One thing I want to say, the track limits yesterday through the S's. I don't agree with having track limits in a stock car because literally you're just saving point zero zero one tenths of a second. Yeah. Like putting a track limit does nothing, right? Like I, and then you're penalizing these guys for that, basically a whole two minutes because they got to come down pit road, make a pass through, and they've already lost everybody, and they're just out there riding around by themselves. Like I think that call was ridiculous, and that should go away. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I think it, it's part of stock car racing. Like, put it where you can put it. If it don't fit, move somebody out of the way. Well, that's what my next question is because the drivers that don't drive like that, 
are complaining that there's no respect on the course and, and they're they're doing that. And the drivers that do like to drive like that are like, this is just racing. Isn't this just entertaining? So we're seeing a dichotomy of drivers that can drive in those situations and drivers that like to just be kept clean and let it do what they want. It's going to come to an head. NASCAR has flat out said we are not going to relegate or, you know, or, or get involved in restart chaos that you guys create, which leaves it up to the drivers. At some point, some of these, I'm going to call them wussy drivers, but some of these drivers that don't like that, they're going to have to toughen up or they're just not going to have good restarts and they're going to get pushed out of the way, right? I mean, there's a couple things you can do. I know if, I mean, let's go back. I mean, a lot of fans who complain about this are probably those old school fans, you know, of Dale Earnhardt, Dale Jarrett, Mark Martin era. And granted, if this happened in that era, one of those guys would go and probably punch the kid, right? <laughs> yes. So if you want to take care of it, go hit somebody. Like, you ain't got him in car, just punch him in the face. I mean, take the fine, but make your point proven. Be like, hey, you know what? Look, I proved my point. You're driving over your head. So there you go. I don't know if it's driving over your head, though. It's just being more aggressive, you know, into these turns to try to get that spot. And then these guys just don't like, uh, you know, you know, the guys that don't race like that don't like they're like, oh, it's my spot. I should not be touched going into this turn. That's just not the way it goes. So I think NASCAR I mean, is handling at, at well. Day, you don't get that just because, I mean, you look at what comes up through the ranks, right? I mean, you look at the truck series, majority of it's daddy money. So True. those Spoiled. kids don't really care. They're, they Spoiled race bags, like that yeah. with a lack of respect, right? Xfinity, it's kind of going the same because those kids that are going from trucks, they're kind of starting to move up the Xfinity rings with, quote-unquote, the daddy money. So it is what it is. No, I don't. But you can't really sit there and say, hey, you know, like NASCAR shouldn't be the ones getting involved and say, no, guys, y'all have to stay single file until you get here. Like, no, once the race starts, you try to get what you can get. Yeah. No, I I like it. I think it's exciting. I think it's one. It's it's separating the drivers kind of as well, which I like. But then two, um, I think it shows the drivers that are hungry and the drivers that aren't. You know. But hey, look, uh, Tyler Reddick gets the win. Uh, fantastic uh, win by him. We, you know, I thought he was going to run well in this. Alex Bowman had a good run. Bush finishing second actually was a shocker to me, but that was a heck of a gamble that worked out for him uh, going into that. So I mean, look, if if the rest of the road race. And then what happens at the end, right? The leader separates himself, you know, because road races, that's my problem with them, is they just get so spread out. But so Reddick run, you know, by a blowout once they once they finally got it in. Uh, but then what second through eighth were all bunched up going into those turns, trying to get to those spots. And it was fantastic to watch. So it made it entertaining to me at the end. Hopefully all the other road courses are this way because there's five more or six more road courses coming our way. Five more, I think. Hopefully, yeah. make the bleeding stop. Well, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of road. I get rid of them as my appointment. But since we have them, make them entertaining, right? Right. Oh yeah. If you're gonna make us watch it, all right, fine. Let's do it. Um, but make it entertaining. Which I thought yesterday was entertaining. The racing itself, most of the day, eh. But again, it goes back to how you finish. And uh, Hook'em Hottie texted in and said, I'm so tired of overtime. I actually like the overtime rule. I hate the yellow so late that causes overtime. But I actually like overtime. I like the way they solve it. I really do. I, I, I do feel like, though, at some point, I know they have, like, you know, it used to be a three-limit overtime, and then they're like, yeah. I, I guess yesterday some of the drivers were like, all right, well, we've got one more overtime, then we're good. And then somebody's like, no, man, we got unlimited. It's like, what? When they change that rule? Like, when did that become yeah. a thing? You know, it's like, 
at some point you should probably like step in after like, all right, this is the last one, guys. Like we're we're done here. Well, and that's the, well, it goes back to stop throwing yellow so fast, right? So, yeah, they so that. but when a car is stopping, Brad Kozlowski was stopped on the racetrack. I know. So I mean, yellow was going to come out for that with five laps to go. And uh, then, well, I get I get that one. Yeah, but I get but debris you, everywhere. But you know what I'm saying. I don't know. So if debris happens in turn four, right, and uh, and an 18 turn track, right, you can get the winner back to the white flag before you throw that yellow and end the race, right, on the third or fourth one, because you're not going to get back to turn four before you know he's across the line. You could throw the yellow and all that. You know, you know what I'm saying on that side. That's a big enough track yeah, on the but, road. But it's the catch twenty two because people will complain about that. Well, they like, all right, well, race is over, but. I know. And it's like, we, we we were promised a green flag finish. I don't know. I mean, I would do it. I wouldn't complain. I'd be like, I was begging yesterday, maybe because I had a bet on Reddick. Right. Well, well <laughs> so if, but even if you do, this. but if you do that after the third overtime, right? So it's still unlimited. But on the, now that wouldn't work at Phoenix because a one mile track, you'd be back at turn one so quick that you'd have to throw it earlier. But on something like this, it's easy to just, you know, uh, stretch it out a little bit. And that's always been a complaint of NASCAR, too fast on their yellows. So I'm just joining well, that group for the road courses only, you know. So, wait, so you probably go back to a three-green-white three checker limit. Yeah, I don't know why they changed that. How often? We don't do that very often anyway. Plus, you know, with an unlimited one, guys can purposely cause problems to uh, extend the race out, right? Oh, yeah. We've seen it before where, you know, a guy – Hey, I'm a lap down. Let me go wreck this guy and call him back on the lap, and now I can go race for a, potentially a top ten, top five. Right. We only have like 30 seconds, but uh, Chase Elliott in the booth, or six guys in the booth, I guess you should say, right? Six people in the booth. A little outrageous, right? Yeah, I put a Brazzers logo on it. It was something, though, right? <laughs> like, uh, oh, my God. I, I get why you have Gunther in there, but he really didn't add much because they're like, hey, what happens with F1? And to here, he's like, there ain't nothing you can take from here to there. And then, uh, you know, Kurt Busch, I mean, it, it was kind of cool seeing, you know, hearing Kurt get emotional, you know, because he was obviously in the 45 yeah. car last year. Concussion took him out. And I guess he has a uh, meeting today with his doctors and hoping for some good news. Maybe he can get back in a race car at some point this year. But he's still working with that uh, 2311 team. And then Chase Elliott, I didn't realize he was there the whole race until, like, an hour after they talked to him the first time. Like, right. so, Chase, what do you think about this? It's like, what? He's still there? It's just when you have five, six people in there, you can't talk, right? Even if it's an experience booth, it's going to be a headache to try to get words in and stuff like that. So, I mean, the Fox booth has just been pain the last two years since they've been bringing people in. Hopefully, I mean, obviously next year it's going to be Kevin Harvick and Clint Boyer. Hope it stays that way forever. Just those two or until the new next TV rights deal. Uh, Larry Mack in the booth this week at Richmond. Just keep him in the booth for the rest of the Fox broadcast. Right. And then uh, Jimmy Johnson, the final parting words. Jimmy Johnson not even getting a lap in. That doesn't look good for NASCAR. I understand you got you can't let him continue, but that doesn't look good for NASCAR, right? Yeah, I mean, it sucks, but he was probably in the suite hamming it up with uh, Richard <laughs> Petty at some point, right? And then, I mean, you want to talk about guys on two ends of the spectrum. Cole Joy, just outside the top ten yesterday. Top Had an 11th-place finish yesterday. His teammate, Ty Dillon, last place finish. I think he finished every race 30th or worse. Like, yeah, he, we had him on earlier, the engine problems. Experience. 
Well, he had all those engine problems early in the year, and then he's just been wrecking ever since. So uh, we've given Tyler Reddick a push with him being on the program. Uh, and Ty Dillon, we've done the opposite. We've continued uh, his his bad year. <laughs> so we're one for one on our uh, on our guests, uh, on our drivers here on the program. So, I, I, don't, I don't think you can have Ty Dillon on enough to make the talent find him. So. <laughs> So, Chief, I appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you end of the week and preview this weekend's a Richmond. Uh, we'll get into that race coming up. We get back to regular racing, quote-unquote, regular racing this week. So uh, we'll join you end of the week, man. Appreciate you joining us. All right, Richmond and WrestleMania. Let's do it. Right, exactly. 